Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I am your host, Ken Seymour. This is another of Ken's movie reviews. Today, we'll be talking about Glass that just came out in theaters a week to a week and a half ago. Um, went out to see it, really, really geeked about it. I cannot wait to talk to you about what I think about this movie. But as always, we are going to have a couple of different sections. We're going to have the beginning where I will give you a general idea of whether you should see this in the movie theater, whether you should wait for it to come to home via streaming or a rental or whatever it is that you do, or whether it's something you should ignore altogether. Uh, after which point there will be uh, heavy spoilers, so make sure that you are prepared before you go into the review at that level. And then, of course, as always, we love your feedback and love to know what you think about the movies as well. So feel free to stop by the website on the forums or to contact via Facebook or Twitter. All right, now on to it. Now, this is the third movie in the same universe that has been created that started back with Unbreakable and then there was Split and then Glass. Um, if you are a fan of M. Night Shyamalan, uh, you should see this in the theaters, for sure. Um, if you are not necessarily just gung-ho ready on this, uh, this is something new to you, you haven't seen one of the two earlier movies or haven't seen either of the two earlier movies, which truthfully are not really required to see this third one, um, I would probably say wait for streaming. I do think it's worth a watch. Um, there are a lot of good parts of the movie, um, even though it does have some problems. Um, but well, like I said, well worth a watch, and I think it's, it's, it's fairly well done altogether. At the very least, I would watch it on a streaming service. But now let's go into the more specific breakdown. As always, we will use our sort of scientific but not really breakdown scenario where we will talk about the cast, we will talk about the director, we will talk about costuming and props, we will talk about location, we will talk about cinematography, and we will talk about plot and writing. Each of these categories will have between 10 and 20 points possible. The total score will lead to a possible 100 points uh, nothing has quite gotten to that point yet, but you know, you never know. Maybe we'll hit that perfect movie. I somehow doubt it. Um, you know, so hard to reach perfection. You know, there's me. It, okay, yeah, I'm not, I'm not there. Obviously, you can hear my ums and uhs. So, so not quite to the perfection level with myself either. Uh, eh, maybe one day. So let's start with cast. Um, the, this is kind of... Fantastic. I mean, even even if you didn't consider the previous movies that uh, that preceded this film, uh, the cast would be pretty impressive. But the fact that you're getting reprisals of pretty much all of the roles, at least the important ones, anyway, um, that's fantastic. That that continuity is really really good. It's something that kind of for me fueled. The interest in the film. Now, I have to be fair. I did not see Split. I did see Unbreakable, and it's, it's a film that I highly regarded for a long time. And I had intended to see Split before I went to see this, but time just did not cooperate. I did not get the opportunity to do so. So I was going in without some information. I mean, you know, I'd, I'd read up on the plot, but I didn't get the chance to immerse myself in the actual movie. Um, but as far as the cast goes, I mean, you've got 
uh, McAvoy, who who I like in pretty much anything. Um, and of course, he has other comic book ties, uh, being um, Professor X, uh, a young version in some of the X-Men movies. And of course, you get Bruce Willis reprising his role, and Bruce Willis is generally pretty fantastic in anything. Uh, you've got, of course, Samuel L. Jackson, who I love to see in most things. Uh, uh, you've got uh, Sarah Paulson, who did a, a wonderful job. Uh, uh, she was the doctor in this particular film. You've got uh, Anya Taylor-Joy from the previous films, uh, the, the split film, I should say. Uh, they were able to get Spencer Treat Clark, um, which was a, a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing. Again, that kind of continuity is is fantastic. Uh, Charlene Woodard as Mrs. Price. Uh, so I mean, you get the the primary three characters and their supporting uh, characters from the previous films, and of course you've got all the other everything. So the casting is fan really fantastic i don't even have to to list other films i mean these are names that people know already uh, at least i would expect that you would know and if not imdb it they've all been in a ton of stuff and have done a fantastic job for the most part um so there's really not a lot to say in terms of casting other than the fact that they had continuity and they had a really solid cast to begin with. I can't fault too much. If if there was anything, there was so much attention to the primary and secondary characters that were there. And uh, it was a little weak on, on some of the other casting. It, it would have been kind of nice to just see one or two other names that just pop. Or that you know you kind of recognize something especially if this is going to lead into a sequel, something that would make me want to go see the next film because of that uh, name in addition to the, to the plot going forward and everything. But we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. So really, out of 20, I got to say this is an 18. Uh, you couldn't, couldn't do much better on, on, the plot or, uh, on the casting with this. And then, of course, you got the director, uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Now, he's a very divisive director for a lot of people. Now, personally, I happen to like him uh, quite a bit. I mean, like I said, I liked Unbreakable, and The Sixth Sense was really good, and I really liked Lady in the Water. I, I thought that had such such a really nice kind of feel to it, uh, a modern-day fantasy blend that was just so good. And I, I like a lot of that stuff now. I haven't liked everything that he's done. That is for sure. There, there are a handful in there that I would have wished would have gone differently. I did, I did not like his uh, his handling of the Last Airbender because that cartoon was so fantastic, and that movie was disappointing to say the least. I mean, it, it, it was it was really hard. I don't know if there was a director that really could have done that justice in a single film. But between, you know, several things that went wrong, it was very disappointing. Uh, the Happening, I believe, was his. Uh, that was just awful. Um, and there's, there's really no two ways about it. There's not much of a, of a redeeming value to that particular film. Uh, but more often than not, I think he does a great job. And I think he has a great grasp 
of not only uh, story and character, but how audiences react to it for the most part. And so I, I, th I think more often than not, he's going to get it right. In this particular film, um, kind of did. Um, I felt that they're talking about the continuity of the actors. There is definitely a continuity of characters that sometimes when you get a sequel, the characters start acting differently than they did in previous films in some important way that uh, shouldn't be there or isn't explored. And you didn't really get that with the main characters that they are exactly the way that they were in the previous films or any differences were fairly well explained. However, there just seems to be something missing. And I don't know whether to put this to the plot or the, to, to the directing. Um, so I'm kind of splitting it up. Uh, I'm putting a little bit to the directing, uh, first of all, because he put himself in the film. Now that in and of itself is not a sin. I mean, you've, you've been getting that from directors for years and years and years. And little cameos can be fun. I mean, seeing Peter Jackson in The Lord of the Rings would have been fine if, if, we, if he hadn't cut his own scene out uh, where he was a pirate or, or things like that. Little things. But the scene that M. Night was in in, in Glass was pointless. Um, it, it served no story function whatsoever other than to be another callback to the previous film that didn't help. It really, it really didn't do anything to expand on the characters or to expand on the feel. It was just awkward and it didn't flow. If he just kind of came in and left and then they went to a different something else, I think it would have worked much better. Um, it was clunky. Um, so that was a problem. I did not like the flow from scene to scene in a couple of shots. I mean, sometimes it would just kind of flow seamlessly, but occasionally it was just a little, it was just a little stutter stop, if that makes any sense. Uh, it, 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 it felt like it got mired in its own exposition or trying trying too hard to be a callback that just wasn't necessary because so much of it had already been established. So I mean I can't I can't put my finger on it completely because the performances were good. It just seems that there was something in the way either the writing or or the film was put together that was just missing. So I got to put a little bit off, and I took major points off for the cameo in there because it was in my in my mind just really bad. Um, so I'm going to give that one a 14 out of 20. Um, again, not much else to really say about that. Uh, costuming and props. Um, so luckily due to the way that he had set up the previous films. I mean, they're modern day. Uh, there's not a lot of, even though it has kind of the feel of superheroes, there's not a lot of the trappings of the tights and all the other stuff. Most of the, most of the costuming is just going to be normal, uh, regular day clothing. You'll have some business-specific stuff. It was all solid. I mean, there was... Um, there was nothing that just made me groan too terribly much. 
Um, the little tattoo for the secret organization was good. The placement was right. Um, everything seemed to be kind of spot on. There wasn't a lot of, you know, small props to really call your mind to, but the 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 big props in terms of the 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 water tank and the hoses and the the cameras and everything like that um, all served a very real and important purpose and they they uh, they they looked good I mean I don't have much to say um, and I and I'm very rare to give a perfect score on any of this and the reason I won't give a perfect score on this is while there was nothing that was really bad there's also nothing that really jumped out at me as going wow that went kind of above and beyond and that was amazing either so I'll give it a 9 out of 10 on costuming and props uh, locations it's pretty much in a singular location for the majority of the film a lot of interior shots uh, within this this hospital structure. I mean, you get some stuff that also takes place in uh, a repair shop. You get some stuff that takes place out in the city proper, uh, you know, that sort of thing. But the majority of it is within the hospital, and it's really well put together. Um, it, it looks like the, a foreboding mental hospital uh, run by some people with entirely too much time and money on their hands. Uh, so that's that's done really well. Um, everything again looks as it should, but again, there's nothing that kind of jumped out at me locationally. I mean, they, they teased the, uh, the, the huge tower, which would have been kind of fantastic in, in one sense, just to throw you off, but it would have been nice to see it in the other, in the other way. Um, so again, nine out of 10, not much, not much better. I think that could have been done for this particular story for what they were trying to do. Which kind of leads me to cinematography. Um, there's a lot of emphasis in the story about the cameras that are in the institution and what is being seen is is incredibly important to the story. It, it, it's almost its own character in a way. Um, so it's important at the same time that all of the angles and the way that things are are done work as well and a lot of the tight shots I really uh, I really thought worked well um, there there was some I, I understand why this is done trying to trying to get some some different angles to get that feeling of claustrophobia or to get the feeling of action like there's a sequence when they're fighting outside and there's uh, being thrown up against the van and, and the punches I get that but it's cluttered and it doesn't do a good job of showing what's happening. I didn't really like that part of it too terribly much. Um, I thought that um, I thought that it was very static uh, in most instances, not not real dynamic. So when there was action, it it was played more almost for horror than it was for for battle. Uh, which in some senses makes sense for for the character from Split, but and and it then in some senses I guess for the the Unbreakable characters it makes makes it work too. But this is supposed to be a dramatic kind of uh, thing. There's only one sequence that I really felt captured that uh, when they are when they are confronting each other outside of the hospital and. Um, 
uh, McAvoy is running on hands and feet towards him to, to start the fight. That one had that kind of grandeur that I think just needed a little bit more, and there wasn't a lot of that in the cinematography. Also, things felt a little washed out a lot of the time, which I can kind of understand because of it being in a hospital. But when you combine the fact that it's a lot of kind of neutral colors in this hospital environment mixed with a lot of neutral colors in the costuming that's there, it all just kind of blends. Even when you're talking about when they're doing the security thing, everybody's in browns and very simple colors. I, it, it just doesn't it doesn't pop at all. Um, at least I didn't feel that it did. I mean, there, that's a, you know, obviously a perspective thing, but I, I just didn't hit for me. So I'm probably going with a 16 out of 20 on that one. Um, now to the big, to the big thing, uh, both the strength and the failing of the film, and that's the plot and the writing. There was so much going for this. I mean, you've got the history of the two films coming into it, and I think it did pay good heed to heed. That's not the right word. It paid attention and, uh, and, and made sure to use what came before, but it seemed clunky at times because they're trying to do things from the perspective of the three main characters, but then they also want to blend it from the secondary characters' perspectives as well. And considering the fact that they end up killing all of the characters that are uh, gifted <clears throat> by the end of the film, I can see why you want to have that secondary character be important, but it feels forced, at least in the way that it's put together in this particular film. Um, the relationship between father and son, between mother and son, um, done extraordinarily well. Um, it, it still is right from the previous films and looks like a natural development of what would have happened over time. I can't speak to the characters from Split quite as as well, just again, because I have not seen the film. I've only read uh, what occurred on it. But it seems like that was pretty natural. But it's just, again, it broke the flow whenever you would kind of go, oh, I'm researching into this away from what's happening to the main characters. It just didn't, didn't feel natural. Um, the plot where uh, where it comes to the secret organization uh, made me want to beat my head against the seat in front of me because it had such potential to be awesome and it just sucked um, so okay so you got this secret organization uh, from what looked like a three-leaf clover as their their little tattoo which genius on that i mean that's fantastic considering what they are and the purpose that's that's just spot on that's great um it gets no real description you get a couple of cut scenes where you show they're in a restaurant and everything's fine and then the the new and I about said noobs but the the people that don't know what's going on leave the restaurant and then all of a sudden lock the doors everything's quiet the meeting is adjourned okay um that's nice that's ominous but we need more because you've basically brought in this organization that with the history of the movies that you've put in has existed in all three movies. We've never had any inkling that anything like this has occurred uh, before. There's nothing that is going to be there. And 
how long has it been since Unbreakable and they haven't shown up at all? That seems a little unlikely. Um, on top of the fact that you're going to have this organization be so prepared and so organized to be able to know these characters and be able to neutralize them or at least deal with them in the appropriate way and be prepared to just take them out because that's what our organization does. We get rid of the exceptional people. Um, all right. It's, they've been doing it for a long time. It, it needed more explanation. Bringing it out at the end there is, is kind of, you know, it's, it's cheap. It's kind of lame. Um, it's, if it, it just needed a little bit more. And it, it made me want, I mean, because I wanted it to be more. Because it's like, that's a great idea. But it's not fleshed out at all. It's just like, we're here to kill you. We're going to kill you. You're dead. Uh, okay. Um, and they oh, and they still fail because uh, uh Mr. Glass's whole plan was to just have everybody realize that there are these special people. And the, the doctor screams in frustration when she realizes that she was used to, to be able to get this message out. Really? Why? Where is her character background? Where is anything that would, that would lead up to the payoff of that frustrated yell? It doesn't make any sense with what it is in there. She has been cold. She has been calm. She has been logical the entire time trying to manipulate. And this produces a yell of rage? No, no, that doesn't work. No, it's not without something more. It's just, it's, again, it's just unsupported. There's there's nothing there to, to, to work with, nothing to chew on. Um and the character deaths. Okay, I'm not against character death. And Glass's death actually handled, of the three, pretty well. But still, it seems a little, a little odd. So, okay. You've got, you've got the character, Bruce Willis's character, very strong, very durable. His weakness is water, which, I'm sorry, as much as I like Unbreakable and I like the plot, it's it's a neat idea in some respects, but in some ways it's just dumb. Uh, the whole, uh, even if it's a psychological thing, uh, he had to have, by the end of the film, gotten the fact that it's his belief that gives him the strength. So if it's psychological... There is absolutely no way he could have been killed by putting his face into a puddle by a couple of guys that would have not been anywhere near as strong as he was. I'm, I'm sorry. Even if he uh, had swallowed a little bit of water, that's that's not that that doesn't track. Um, the sniper shot for um, for the character from Split, it's maybe a little more understandable. But seems, again, seems a little, it's just cheap. Um, Glass outsmarts everybody, every level of the way. He's about planning. So, okay, 
so I'm trying to trying to work through this in my, in, the, in my mind. This this gentleman that has been researching the history, not just of comic books, but searching for anything in human history that would seem to indicate that there would be people of exceptional ability like himself, like uh, David, that that would give him this purpose. And sure, this organization has been trying to keep things quiet. No organization is that good. He would have found something if he is that smart. It just doesn't track. It, it, uh, I'm sorry. It just, it's, it's, there's, there's a lot. Uh, it seems to be grasping on to a very, very slim margin of logic there. Um, so when you have these character deaths at the end of the film mixed with a bad guy organization that is not fleshed out very well, what is, what is the impetus? What is the reason to want to see the sequel? If there is a sequel. And I would hope there would be a sequel. Very much so. For a couple different reasons. Because I do like this universe. And for the most part, I really like the way the stories play out. And if there is a sequel, it could basically fix all of my issues with this. And it might be addressed in a further film. But as it stands, if this is just the end of the series of movies, it's the equivalent of the aliens taking Alpha away at the end of the show. It's just incomplete and kind of kind of uh, unsettling and not good. Um, but truthfully... It's, it's a little nitpicky because um, for the most part, the dialogue has been better than it's been in his previous films. The, uh, the plot is for the most part pretty solid and he does a good job of swerving. I mean, I had no belief that they were ever going to that Twin Tower, but I couldn't figure out certain things until it was revealed. Uh, until it was revealed. So it was still... He still has the ability to just take you along for the ride. As long as you can let go and not overly analyze things, um, you're not going to catch it. And even if you do, you still may not catch it, which is really nice. Um, and that's one of the reasons that I like him. That's one of the reasons a lot of people may make fun of him because there is a twist. But um, I think that's oversimplification for what he's trying to do because I think he's addressing a key issue I have with a lot of films and, and that's in, in reading books and watching films, I generally know how it's going to end very, very quickly because things are formulaic and he's trying to break that just a little bit, which is good and he does a good job of it. Um, but at the same time, when you're so concerned with that, it can sometimes produce something that feels cheap at the end because, well, I had to come up with something you weren't expecting. Well, yeah, but you still have to support it. So it's just, it, it leaves that kind of uh, unfinished taste. Uh, so I would probably give this a 13 out of 20 on the plot. So still very enjoyable. The The total score comes to a 79, which is a, a really solid uh, C plus um, and something I would watch again probably and is good enough that I would want to see a sequel and gives me the feeling that I'm not disappointed having watched the film because even with some of the, the weaknesses it was very enjoyable and overall pretty well done um, 
So I really think that uh, you, shall, uh, you all should watch it if you haven't watched it before. Um, tell me what you think. Leave some comments in our forums. Uh, contact us on uh, Twitter or Facebook. We would love to hear what you think about Glass. Was I, was I right? Did he miss the mark just a little bit, but it was mostly good? Or did you think it was just utter nonsense and it was just a terrible movie? Or was I too mean? Was it really actually truly excellent? And I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, just kind of nitpicking too much the small stuff. I would love to know. But until next time, we will see you.